owners of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. This is the Ramsey Show. We help people build wealth, do work that they really love, and create actual amazing relationships. It's a show about your life and your money. We're glad you're here. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of Entree Leadership and the fine print podcasts on the Ramsey Network is my co-host today. Open phones here as we talk about your life and your money. The phone number is 888-825-5225. 888 Mike is with us. Mike is in Irvine, California to start off this hour. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good morning, Dave. Good morning, uh, George. Pleasure to speak with you both. It's an honor. You too. How can we help, sir? Um, so I just had a question. I've been on baby step four, five, and six for a few years now while trying to passively save up for a down payment. I'm 34 years old, and I've already managed to save in uh, for retirement about $80,000 in my Roth 401k. However, since I live in Southern California with rising interest rates and a home appreciation, the market I feel is kind of outpacing the rate at which I can passively save for the down payment on the side while investing. So I'm thinking about stepping back to baby step 3B so that I can really turn on the fire so that I can meet this goal. Cool. What do you make? Uh, I make about $120,000 a year. Okay. Cool. How much you got saved so far for your house? About 30. Okay. How long you been working on it? Uh... After I got my uh, emergency fund saved up, about one and a half years. So I can basically, without accounting for any windfalls, I can put about twenty thousand dollars. Or I guess that's that's if I stop saving uh, or stop investing. I've got I'm about sorry. thirty thousand. How long? About. How long to build the thirty thousand? Is what I was asking. Oh, five years. Oh wow, forever. Yes. When you said passive, you meant it. Okay. Yeah, it, it, in order to invest about 15% of my income, uh, I basically don't have a lot yeah. of income left over to, to yeah. So you're you're you know, you're in a, as you said a high-priced real estate market, so you are the situation where I would just pull back into a 3B temporarily stop your baby step 4 and just pile money up for your down payment. And then you could considerably increase it. I mean, that would add 20, 25,000 a year to the program. Yeah. So basically, if, if I if I step back to three B, I'd be able to save about twenty thousand dollars a year. Meaning, about five years, I'd have an additional hundred thousand to put towards the. No, that, that's not true. You would save a lot more than that because that, you're putting that much in at fifteen percent of your income. Uh, the thirty thirty thousand took five years. No, honey, fifteen percent of a hundred and twenty is more than twenty five thousand, and you're already putting money in. So your entire fifteen percent is going to be what almost twenty thousand bucks, okay? Plus whatever you've been doing. So you right. should be putting in you should be putting in thirty thousand bucks. Sure. Okay. Cool. So are you investing fifteen um, percent of your gross income currently? I have been. Yes. That's that. That's how I was able to yeah. save up the eighty thousand okay. in my Roth. Yeah, I mean that would equal to eighteen thousand extra you have to pile on. I want that done in fa- way faster than five years. Do you have a goal for the down payment currently? My goal is about anywhere from 100 to 150. Okay. And then how much is the house going to be in your area? Uh, probably around five, six. Condos have gone up in price in the, over the last couple of years, so they're starting, a, they're, they're, they're kind of equaling for a two-bedroom condo about six and a half. Mm. 
Okay, because that still means you'd have about a half million mortgage. So I would still crunch the numbers and make sure that this is going to be around a quarter of your take-home pay on a 15-year fixed. And that will help dictate the down payment. Bottom line is, yeah, I would do what you're suggesting. Let's pull back to the 3B. So with that, I kind of had a, had, a, had a follow-up question with stepping back to 3B and trying to figure out the best place to hold this cash in order to save it. I know I've, I've watched previous videos of yours on the subject, and I know that you recommend mutual funds or an S&P index fund with the goal of netting around 10 to 12%. Um, the, that would, the not, question be, that that would have, not be for a three-year investment or a four-year investment. That's for some, for long-term. Okay. So if I guess, shorter yeah, than that... The, 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 it's going to be a high yield savings account, money market account, not going to be gaining a lot of interest. Correct. Now, but the question, the question, and I know, I know what I'm about to ask might be a little taboo, but the, I think the goal of what I'm trying to ask is my, my employer offers the 401k with a 25% match. And I discovered that I can take a hardship withdrawal, which will allow me to withdraw that money for the purchase of a primary residence where I would pay a 10% penalty on the early withdrawal and any taxes on the matches or any taxes on the match or the gains. But if I deposited, let's just say $100,000 of my post-tax money, I could then withdraw that $100,000, take the 10% penalty, and I would still be at a net profit of a 15% match, regardless of the time. If I did it in three years, if I did it in five years, if I did it in 10 years, I, that would still, what, if I withdrew what I deposited, I would pay 10% on what I deposited and net a 15%. I know. Number one, one, buying a house is not a hardship. So I don't think think you you qualify for a hardship withdrawal. I've talked to my my, uh, 401k provider. The the purchase of a primary residence does fall under hardship withdrawal. Wow. What a provider. Okay. Um, Well, the answer is still, you're right. It's taboo and the reason it's taboo is when you start monkeying around with your future retirement plan in order to buy a house you've stepped over the line into desperate and anytime i get desperate i generally get stupid um and i've done it a bunch in my life i i try not to get desperate for that reason because right after that stupid and right after my stupid is i have less money so you've calculated all this out to where you have a net 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 positive effect what you left out was the fact that you neutered your retirement plan while you were doing it and you just you just stripped it all away and so no we're going to leave your retirement plan alone and uh here's the other thing you have left out of your entire set of assumptions an increase in income in the next three to five years which you should have because you're one of the people that stayed in california and so while roughly a million people left california and new york in the last 14 months and so um we don't know exactly what that's going to do to real estate prices long term I'm not predicting a California crash, uh, but I am predicting a shortage of labor, particularly skilled labor at your level, Uh, because guess who left California? It weren't broke people, baby. It was the people that were producing and didn't want to pay the taxes and didn't want to live in that woke environment, and so where they've lost their minds, and so that's what you're left with, and and so you really are, you're you've become a really good commodity you and of yourself for staying there. It's a great place to work because there's a shortage of your type of labor. And so yeah. I think your income is going to go up dramatically. That's what I was thinking. The, the part of the equation we can control here is our income. And that might mean a side job for now. I don't know what that looks like, if it's worth switching careers. I mean, it seems like he's happy where he's at. But if you can make 150, that changes the numbers on this down payment situation. 
The other thing, Mike, is um, you have to be careful, and, and you're very good at analyzing these things. You have good critical thinking skills. Everything you displayed in the conversation was actually logical. Uh, you did a good job of laying it out and presenting it, which is hard to do when you're on the radio. It's kind of nerve-wracking. So you did a real good job, but that tells me you're a detail guy, and be careful to not get um, so far in that down in the details that you miss common sense and um and in the analytics that you miss common sense you need to do both and you've done a good job with it. i'm complimenting you on that but common sense says don't use your retirement for your house purchase this is the ramsey show Phones this hour. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. The phone number here is triple eight eight two five five two two five. How many times have you found yourself saying one day when you're thinking about a goal you have? One day I'll buy a house. One day I'll have a happy career. One day I won't have to battle with anxiety anymore. Stop waiting around with your one day and start right now. This is why we created Smart Conference. Smart Conference is a one day, oddly enough, event where we tackle all of your areas of your life. Guys, let's face it. We could all use that kind of boost right now. You hear from the nation's top thought leaders on money, career, mental health, relationships, marriage, leadership. This event's hitting the road. will be in Dallas, Texas on Saturday, October 22nd. Event passes are selling fast. Best-selling authors and world-class speakers will be on each of the subjects. Rachel Cruz, Dr. John Deloney, Ken Coleman, George Camel, Christina Ellis, Craig and Amy Groeschel speaking on marriage from Life Church, and uh, we'll be talking about career, we'll be talking about leadership, we'll be talking about money, uh, we'll be talking about mental health, we're going to be dealing with everything, and when you leave, you will be smarter! It's October 22nd, event passes are selling fast, the VIP and Platinum are already gone, but you can still get general admissions for 39 bucks. they're available right now at RamseySolutions.com, so get your event passes today. Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means even if you mismeasure, you pick the wrong color, you screw up. It's a you screwed up guarantee. They'll remake your blinds for free. Free samples, free shipping, the new promos they run every month. You'll save even more. Always check these guys out. They are absolutely amazing. Blinds.com. Today's question comes from Rashad in Washington, D.C. I was wondering if there is a baby step eight that could help listeners reach a level of wealth in the tens of millions and leave a legacy that can benefit our children and grandchildren and promote amazing generosity. Well, good news for Rashad, it exists, and it's the baby step right before it. Baby step seven, build wealth and give. And that can look different for a lot of people. Some people, that could be a million. For you, I hope it's tens of millions, and I hope you leave a legacy and you give outrageously generous and you leave an inheritance to your children's children, as Proverbs says. So absolutely, uh, Dave, this can be done, and it's some of the most inspiring parts of this whole plan. Well, here's what happens. The first five to 10 million of net worth that someone uh, gets, which by the way, if you have a $10 million net worth and it's producing 10%, that's a million dollars a year income. 
okay? You can change your family tree and be outrageously generous and impact your entire community with a million dollars a year, okay? So you can get there for sure, all right? The, uh, but, but, you know, investing in your 401k, your home, maybe a couple of rental properties, uh, that's what the typical person does in our studies of actual millionaires in that first five to 10 million. To go from 10 million to, say, 100 million, uh, which you would start to look then at uh, billionaires, as an example, which would be, um, you know, 10 times 100 million or uh, what is it? 1,000 million is a billion. Is that right? Yes. Um, that, that's a lot of difference. Okay. So all of your Forbes 400, for instance, are billionaires. None of them became billionaires with their 401k or paying off their home. None of them. Okay. They didn't become billionaires doing that. Uh, they, in, in virtually every case, owned or operated or took public a large company in virtually every case. Oprah, uh, Walmart family, Chick-fil-A family, uh, you know, you go down the list and uh, Dell, uh, Gates, uh, uh, of course, Warren Buffett. But in every case, they, they had an idea and I know a guy who's worth several billion, um, and he makes parts for cell phones, you know, but he just, they, they, but they grew the company huge and took it public or didn't and made the cash flow off of it. Or sold a company. So that generally to go from the 10, 15 million up into the stratosphere, so to speak, you truly are a one percenter then. Okay. Um, and I mean, you're a 10th of a percenter then. But it's generally you take some of the money that you have made and some of it somehow grows exponentially. Uh, and so, you know, in our case, uh, my net worth is considerably more than $10 million. And so, uh, I mean, the building we're sitting in is, uh, you know, the building complex here is worth a couple of hundred million. And it's all paid for. So just to give you an idea. So that's, you know, but did we get there with our 401k? No, no. I mean, I've sold 25 million books. I own a huge business that makes a lot of money and helps a lot of people. And so that's that's what ends up happening to get into that stratosphere. But the point is this. The thing he's trying to do is create a generosity movement. And if you'll start where you are with generosity today, and every time you make more, increase your generosity, you're going to see your opportunities increase as well. And your opportunities for – I mean, I remember the first time I made $10,000 and my tithe check was $1,000. Man, I thought I was the most Big spiritual baller. dude on the planet. I just gave $1,000. Me and God. I'm helping God out here, to which God is laughing at my little $1,000 gift, right? You thought um, you'd get an extra jewel like, on the like, crown. He's like, look at that grain of sand. He thinks he's something. And, <laughs> you know, but I thought, I mean, I really was proud of myself. I just gave $1,000 away, man, to the church. And to I am credit, a spiritual dude. Giving feels good. But uh, so it, do, it, it does feel good, but I was pretty arrogant about it. That's what I'm saying. I'm being, I'm being a little too authentic here, but. I really did. I felt really, I mean, but the first time you do, and that, but the thing is, get used to doing that thing. Get the rhythm of that. The more money you make, the more money you give. The more money you make, the more money you give. And constantly be doing that. And you will find yourself starting to impact entire sectors around you and change your family tree. But $10 million to change your family tree. Oh, yeah. You don't and have to have 100 What I'm hearing is don't wait until you go, well, when I have this much money, then I'll start giving. Oh, Give yeah, today exactly. with what you got, exactly. and you can ramp it up over time. Because it's a muscle you need to build and a rhythm. Because my point is, the first time I gave $100, I thought it was a lot. Then the first time I gave $1,000, and then we had, uh, what, year before last, we gave a million in one day. Remember oh, that? that's right. Remember that? That was fun. Around Christmas time. Yeah, it was that a was blast. Special. We had so much fun doing that. So that was trippy. 
you know and then i thought i kind of thought i kind of had the same thing like i just gave away a million dollars but it wasn't even my money it was god's money so then i had to get over myself you know so that kind of stuff but it's just it's a process you know and and, but the muscle built gradually over time i didn't go from i don't give anything to a million in one day and so you just you build it over time that's a beautiful question what a beautiful spirit i I love that i love the heart excellent stuff thanks excellent stuff jerry's in new york hey jerry welcome to the ramsey show hey dude how y'all doing today better than we deserve sir how can we help yeah, so uh, I'm curious what your opinions are on moving and taking a pay cut for a partner. So, uh, little context, my girlfriend of about a year and a half just finished her master's program in education, and now she wants to teach English in Europe for a while before officially starting her career in the States. And she wants me to join her, and my job will let me go. They'll help with visas and everything, but... Um, the pay is location-based, so I'd be dropping from about 125k in New York to about 75k in Europe. You love this and girl. Also, <laughs> I do. How long have you been about, dating? You know, I'm like, 50k, uh, dude. About a year and a half. A year and a half. This about is a serious dead gum relationship. 50,000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I'm also about like two years into my mortgage on my apartment here, and I wasn't really planning on leaving until I met her. Um, so, like, now I'm, like, ready to lay roots in New York, kind of, but she's done with it because it's just way too expensive for teachers in New York. Um, and she's not sure if she wants to live in New York when she comes back to the States. So it kind of feels like this decision, this ultimatum, do I sacrifice, like, my life, my income, and everything? Ooh, like, I don't like York? the word ultimatum where there's $50,000 worth of love involved. <laughs> is that how it was presented to you? Either you kind move of, or this is over? She definitely, like, is done with the city and, like, ready for, like, another place to live. And we Ooh. do, like, traveling together, so. This you're might more, be the red flag you need. more into her than she is into you. <laughs> Say that one more time? I said you're more into her than she is into you. <laughs> I, I don't think I mean, I'm she, making she, this she's move, She's going to ditch New York and you with it. You're going to ditch New York to follow her. I don't know, man. I'm just an old man. I ain't dated in years. I don't know how to tell you what to do with this. Um, you got to decide how much this is going to work. I, if you were my uh, little brother or my nephew or something, I would tell you don't go unless you're married. Agreed. And I would say tread with th- caution. Th- then it's worth the sacrifice. Now, this is a bet for life. It's not a bet for a weekend fling in Europe. What if she I'm meets a nice European a man on a Vespa? We don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> Hope you can uh, match up to that. Whoa. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, But over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the Internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. 
Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Bill is on the line. Bill is in Oregon. Hey, Bill, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to have you, sir. I see on my screen you're debt-free. Congratulations. How much did you pay off? $189,000. All right. How long did this take you? Uh, about 10 years altogether. Okay. And your range of income then during that 10 years? I went from 60000 um, and then Social Security kicked in um, along with some raises, and I was up to 112000 Cool. Or now I'm up to 112000 Social Security kicked in. How old are you? Uh, I'm 70. Ah, cool. Okay. What kind of debt was the 189000 <laughs> Uh House and car mostly with, with some miscellaneous things thrown in there. Okay. So at 60 years old or so, something rings the bell, and you go, i got to get this mess cleaned up. Tell me your Ramsey story. How would you get to connect to the Ramsey way? Well, um, about 12 years ago, um, I listened to Financial Peace University, and it made a lot of sense. And so I went about, um, and, and there were a lot of financial issues at the time, uh, a divorce, um, and uh, I lost uh, half my retirement, um, and I had uh, three kids to raise uh, on my own. Uh, so there were a lot of uh, financial issues at the time. Uh, and it just made sense to uh, get out of as much debt as I possibly could. Uh, the, I think the biggest mistake that I made, uh, other than taking out my retirement to to help raise the kids, um, the biggest mistake I made was was not developing and maintaining an emergency fund. So the divorce happened myself. a lot longer than 12 years ago. Yeah, I think it happened, I think it's about 17 years ago. Okay. All right. And so you were in your 50s at that point. Right. And right. the kids were how old? Uh, 14, 12, and 10. Wow. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. So they're, yeah, all, so they're all grown we now. <laughs> they're, they're all grown and hopefully off the payroll now, right? Hey, they're, they're grown. They're wonderful human beings, um, all college graduates, all self-sufficient, and uh, all uh, follow your principles as well. Wow, you did a good job. Well done, Bill. Thank you. Bill, I'm curious, because for a lot of people, they feel like it's too late for them. And I love your story, because here you are, you know, at 70, totally debt-free, house and everything. What do you say to that person who might be in their 50s and their 60s going, well, I've made too many money mistakes, I got too much baggage, I can't clean this up now? I I don't think it's ever too late to clean it up. Um, I think that that when I I decided, when I decided to kick in full gear and and say, I've got to have that emergency fund, that's, that's critical. Um, That, that I would say to those people, it's never too late. Just start following the steps. And, you know, even the, the baby step one of, of a thousand dollars in, in your emergency fund, you know, it's a huge step. Uh, and you feel good about it, and you start feeling good about your finances instead of uh, it always being a negative point. Yeah, there's something about that confidence and that sense of I did something, I'm in control for the first time, that moves the needle on everything else, doesn't it? Right, right. And and my my budget in the past was uh, essentially my paycheck. <laughs> yeah. So spend so it till it's gone. Stick it with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, more money. Okay. So you're 70 years old. 189,000 paid off. You're 100 percent debt free. House and everything. Right. How's that feel? 
it feels wonderful. It feels fantastic. I paid it off in June, and I'm I'm still uh, on a little bit of a high. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, Bill, did, it. did you have a vision for what I want retirement to look like? And obviously, you're still working, and uh, you're still healthy, right. which is awesome. But did you have that right. vision in your mind of here's why I'm doing this? I want to retire with dignity? Yeah. I, th- I think that... that uh, that was part of it. I also had uh, 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 my significant other came into my life, and she uh, uh, essentially said, <laughs> "You're going to this seminar, <laughs> and you need to get some things straightened up, uh, or or uh, wow. uh, I'm hitting I'm hitting the road." Another uh, so ultimatum. That was an extra yeah. impetus. <laughs> what seminar was it? Uh, Financial Peace University. Oh, that's awesome! So she got you on board. Right, right, and and where I had both feet in instead of just one. Wow. So behind every great man is a woman forcing them to go to Financial Peace University. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Exactly. exactly. I love it. Way to go, Bill. We're proud of you, man. Thank you. What do you tell Thank people you. the key to getting out of debt is? I think it's uh, following following the Financial Peace University principles uh, and and just being disciplined um, and and I think that that. You start uh, having, um, you start enjoying following those principles because it really they really work, and you and you you start realizing what hey I'm actually I don't I don't owe on my car anymore. Oh wow, I you know I don't owe on this loan anymore. Oh wow, I've, I've paid this off. That's great. Uh, I think one of the biggest joys is is as soon as I got a substantial. Um, um, oh, I'm having a brain cramp. Uh, a, a substantial uh, uh, a fund. No, um, an emergency fund. Emergency. Sorry, thank That's you, okay. David. Uh, uh, as soon as I got a substantial emergency fund going, a hot water heater and uh, a dishwasher went out. Of course. And I went down and bought them in cash and. You know, it, I felt good about it. It yeah. was, it was like, oh yeah, I could do this. That's not Turn, a, turns an emergency yeah. into an inconvenience. Well, yeah. well done, yeah, sir. That's pretty good about it. So yeah. anyway, well done. We got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. How ordinary people built extraordinary wealth. How you can too. I'm proud of you. You went and did it, man. You Thanks. left the cave, killed something, and drug it home. Uh, we're going to send you a one-year <laughs> membership to Financial Peace University. You've been through it. You know what it does. Maybe you know somebody that needs to go through it. You can give it to them. And All also right. the same thing with the book, The Total Money Makeover. I'm going to send you one of those as well. So way to go, Bill in Oregon, 189000 paid off in 10 years, making 60 to 112. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. One, two. Oh, I got to take away from the phone. Hold on. One, two, three. I am debt-free! Yeah! That's how that's done. Don't tell me it's too late. Never too late. Don't tell me it's too late. I'll just show you Bill. If you can fog a mirror, it's not too late. That's it. Well done, sir. Very well done. Excellent, excellent job. All right, Laurel is with us. Laurel is in Chicago. Hey, Laurel, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller, and actually I'm brand new to all of this Ramsey stuff. Cool. Um, sorry to call it stuff. <laughs> we are having our first baby September 4th, and um, I got a little bit triggered and realized we really need to get serious about our finances. I have never felt like we're behind, but I definitely don't feel like we're ahead. 
So my question is, for someone in our position where we are embarking on a huge life shift and simultaneously wanting to change how we manage our money, what's the quickest way to save with the arrival of the baby and boost our income? Nothing like a baby to give you a wake-up call. Oh, my gosh, yes. This got real. <laughs> this you, just got real. Are you saying like 20 days from oh now? Oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, you're going to baby you any minute. It's like 20 days from now. Oh, yeah. You guys, seriously, it's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> how much do you have saved currently? Okay, so we have 3500 in cash. We have twelve grand in the savings account. Um, and then we have about like 40000 in investments in precious metals. Cool. All right. How much in precious metals? Um, 18, 18,000. Okay. All right. Do you really want to know what I would do today? I do. I really do. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you're going to do it. I'd cash out the precious metals today. I'd okay. put the cash in a savings account. I would pay okay. minimum payments on all your debt and don't do anything fancy okay. and see how big a pile of cash you can have between now and September 3rd and then start okay. working the baby steps. Okay. And I'm going to send you a one-year membership to Financial Peace University. You can start after you get home with baby. You and your husband can go through that. You're about to change this kid's family tree because you're a good mom. I'm proud of you. This is The Ramsey Show. is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Rich is with us in Chicago. Hi, Rich. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, George and Dave. Thanks for having me on. Um, I have a quick question about allocating funds into a 529 plan. My wife and I are just coming up here at the end of uh, baby step three and looking into four, five, and six. Uh, We're a little older my children are uh, sophomore in high school, freshman in high school, and then sixth grade. And curious as to how to best invest in our 529 plans going forward. Uh, they do have a current investment balance, um, but I'm just curious, should I invest all my money now into the older? What's, the, uh, what's, the, what's the current balance? Uh, around 125000 total among all three. Okay, so they got like forty grand each. All right, and um, what's your household income? Uh, around two twenty. That's good news. Okay, cool. All right, so, so I'm looking to invest about twenty five hundred a month, and I'm not sure if it should all go into one account, if I should split it among the three, or what's the best way to to think about this. Doesn't matter much um, because the. Uh, 529 can be transferred to a sibling anyway. So if you don't use time? it, yeah. So if you don't use it, uh, you, like you dump it all in the oldest one and you don't use it, you can roll it down to the next one and so on if you wanted to. Um, so here's the thing, 30,000 
you're not going to have enough in these accounts to pay for the kids' colleges. You're going to be cash flowing some of it. Understood. With 30000 a year for and, six years. Right. I mean, we know that that's going to be part of it, but at the same time, we don't want to have to sacrifice our retirement. To, no, I didn't to want you that. to. I want you to put 15% of your income into retirement. And, then, and my, so here's my point. Okay, we've got to have other things in this equation other than just saving for 529 to get your kid through college. Number one, uh, college choice is the most important part of the equation on whether you can afford to go to college or not, because you can send them to an in-state school for ten to twelve thousand dollars average annual tuition across America, or you can send them to a private average annual for twenty-five thousand. You can't afford 25000 times three. You're not going to have that much money. Your kids aren't going to private schools. Unless there's scholarships or unless, something. Aha, there Correct. we go. See, now we're thinking. I got you. Okay, you're moving. Or unless they get really great jobs, or but more than anything, it's scholarships. Okay, and so they need to start working on scholarships now. The sixth grader does. And not, yeah, not, not actually not actually ordering them, but thinking about them, because here's what Christina Ellis would tell you. She's going to tell you that, 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 you know, the sophomore is pretty late in the game, but the rest of them, uh, grades matter. And now grades equal money is what this amounts to. So, mm-hmm. you know, you getting a good grade is just not making daddy proud. This is about whether you have money to go to school. So you need to get your little butt in the books. Let's go. Game on, buddy. Game on. Here we go. Number one. Number two, plan on working. Number three, plan on going to a school that is affordable. And start indoctrinating the kiddos right now with all of those three things. Scholarship, school choice, work. And then you do all you can, which is 30000 bucks a year right now. And... And you can do 30000 bucks cash flow, and cash flow is state school on the last kid. Uh, you know, that'll get them into the last that'll, – that'll run the last one through uh, just out of, without having saved anything. And so um, I don't care which of the 529s you dump it in with that in mind. Do you, have you had a conversation with any of the kids, Rich, especially the older ones, about what college looks like? Uh, yeah, you know, going through the process um, – I'm actually an FPU coordinator right now, so we make them watch the videos the week before I teach the class with us. Um, and we've watched the documentary on Borrowed Future oh, you and did. everything. So I was going to send you a link to well versed on everything. Well, that should startle them enough to have the right conversations and go, Debt, how are we going to pay for this? we got to have a plan. I, I want to go to school debt-free. And that is the number one factor because when debt is off the table, they're going to get creative. And so, you're going to go, here's what I can do, here's what you need to do. Yeah, you're way ahead of the game with all that because what I was afraid of when I was talking to you until you told me all that or told, or told, or, or told George all that was uh, you're making really good money. So you're running around with people and your kids are running around with people whose kids are going to very expensive schools. Correct. Yeah. And so, uh, well, I, my, my daughter's going to Northwestern where well, you're my kid isn't. sorry. And so, uh, I mean, that's what our kid, that's what our kids heard. You're going to a state school. Oh my, you're never going to be successful. And all three of my kids make more than that snotty person who said that. So, um, but you know, that's the thing, you know, that that's the thing you run into because the group you run around with affects this bad. I mean, if you come out of a blue collar working neighborhood, just getting into college is awesome. That's where I came from. Right. And I did the fact that I got in was er- surprised everybody, you know, much less could pay for it. And so, the. uh, it was because it wasn't norm, but the norm is the haughty toddy 
you know, who but my, your environment, your parenting, it shapes yeah. a lot of that. When you Rich, go, you're doing a great job. When, when your kids hate you, all that. they go, I want to get as far away from mom and dad as possible. So I'm going to go all the way across the country to a private school. But listen, school. To what he did, he got him to watch the class on in financial peace on here's how the college dollars work. Then he watched the documentary Borrowed Future. He's an FPU coordinator, so he's talking to him about the how what wise education choices look like, and he's planning a 529. This guy's a genius. He's done it all. You're Take the to- notes, you're the total parents. package, Rich. And you're rich, so you got it made. You're rich. Why do you even need this? You're rich. He's. They're going to be. You fine. are the personification. Well done, man. Very well done. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, I would throw it. Uh, let me think. Just to answer your question specifically, given now that now that we know you did everything right already, I where would I put that? I would put it in the. I would put it all in the youngest, and I would cash flow the oldest. Because the youngest is going to grow more. It's going to have more. T- he's got more time to grow the money, and the growth is tax-free in the Roth, and you don't have that benefit from a sophomore. The amount that mutual fund is going to grow in two years is not squat. It's negligible. I mean, if you put 30000 bucks in there, it's going to grow $6,000 or something. It's not going to be in two or three years. So you're not going to get enough growth that the fact that it's in a uh, 529 growing tax-free matters mathematically. So I'm going to probably throw the majority of it towards the kid, youngest kid. Actually, I'm probably going to put a little in all of them. I'm probably going to go like, 25 five or something 20,000 the little one five five and the other two older ones but everybody gets the indoctrination where you go to school there is no single piece of research that correlates credibly where you go to school with whether or not you're successful not a single piece of research none as a matter of fact wall street journal did a survey detailed in-depth survey 78 percent of the top 500 companies traded on the stock markets, CEOs went to state schools. Eight out of ten. Just take that, Harvard and Princeton. Now figure it out, MIT. Okay? They're famous schools, but they do not produce results commensurate with their expense. Now, if you can go to Vanderbilt or Harvard or... Uh, MIT. We're not or mad at who did I, who did I, I'm not Yale here. Or if you want to go there and you can go there with scholarships, free ride, and you want to go there, sure. I'm not mad at you. I mean, presidents went to Harvard. That's it's cool. Go. That's fine. Uh, president really wasn't on my future plans, uh, nor is it still. So, um, you know, but but here's the thing. And I wasn't planning on being an attorney either. So Harvard Law, right? Uh, so that none of that. But I know lots of attorneys that make a million dollars a year that did not go to a school that you've ever heard of. The point is, success is not determined by that. Yeah. Lots of people go to state schools, and they have great jobs, great careers, can get great experience. And very few people have asked me where I went to school, Dave. It's a little upsetting. Where did you go Not to that school? I went to any impressive school. Where did you go to school, It's George? complicated. We'll uh, now, now, we can ask, now we can ask the question. University Some... of Mobile, Dave. You did? That's right. I finished school there. I went Down to start in Boston. Down there with Jeremy Breland's dad. That's right. But you, got... weren't, you weren't a singer. No, no, I stayed out of that. I wanted a real job after school, Dave. Ooh. So I want to. I got a communications degree, like Ooh. Rachel. There you go. So I'm I'm All up right. there with the greats. Hey, it worked out. I'm communicating. And you were just on Fox a minute ago. That's right. Right before we went on air. There we Take go. that. Using Commun- my communications degree. There you go. You used it. You're using your degree, George. Right now. That's Live. just strange. Look at that. And I never asked you where. You and were no school. one knows that school. It ended up I just do. fine. I knew it. I knew it. It's but famous I didn't, today. I didn't know it for. I knew it for the singers. Yeah. This is the Ramsey Show.
love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from The Ramsey Network, like The Dr. John Deloney Show. Mental health challenges and hurting relationships happen to everyone but they don't have to define you. I'm Dr. John Deloney, and I help people navigate through the messy things in their lives on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I'll walk alongside you as you face parenting, marriage, and other relationship challenges, and I'll walk alongside you as you try to connect with people, as you face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn how to change your life. Listen, I want you to be well. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.